Babe, there's something different about my mango pineapple smoothie. Really? My caramel frappe tastes fine. Nah, something's definitely different. No difference? Other than I got them for half off because I ordered on the app. Well, that explains it. Explains what? How things seem to taste so much better when you're getting a sweet deal. Okay. <laughs> right now at Mickey D's, get 50% off any size McCafe beverage when you order through the McDonald's app. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Limited time only at participating McDonald's. Follow one time per day. Visit McDonald's app for details. Download and registration required. Welcome to the Unscripted Podcast. My name is Corby LaCroix, and the song you're hearing right now is called Great and Mighty One, available on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your music. But for now, recording from the unscripted studio at the junction in Old Hilliard, here's your host and my friend, Aaron Conrad. Great Redeemer, God of grace. All right, everybody, welcome to Unscripted from my studios at the junction in Old Hilliard. Corby, thank you for the introduction on audio. As always, uh, I'm going to do a quick bio, and then I'm going to introduce, uh, let my guest introduce herself, but uh, there's a lot to go through, so I'll go as quick as I can. Three-time Olympic gold medalist with USA Softball, two-time world champion, National Softball Hall of Fame inductee in 2009, three-time national champion at University of Arizona, three-time first-team All-American, three-time first-team All-Academic All-American, highest batting average in the College World Series, an analyst for Westwood One and ESPN. Would my guest please introduce herself? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's so nice to be here. I'm Leah Amico and just really, some, you read those and it's like a different life. It's like a past life that I lived when, when I hear those it's, accolades. That's quite the resume. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> that is quite the resume, uh, first of all. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. I, I'm uh, so honored that you would take time to be on this little uh, podcast, but uh, I, I'm very excited to have you here today. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited and honored, and I just, what you do, it, it's exciting because I think so many people have stories, and I love the fact that we can come together and people can share, and it encourages all of us. So, um, yeah, thanks for what you do. And, and I have to just tell my audience, because this just happened offline, a uh, little pregame. Um, I, you know, every day, I, every time I do this, I wear a different hat. Uh, no, literally, not figuratively, I wear a different hat. And this morning, I just decided to grab my Grace hat uh, for Grace College, where my daughter goes. And I just found out that you're going to be at Grace College. Is that correct? Yes, I will. I'm going to be there um, in a couple weeks. And you know, sharing with the student body with at chapel. I'm going to be able to speak to the different athletes. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward. It's going to be my first time there. It's so cool. And you're going to love it. I don't know how it is in the winter, but uh, Lake, uh, I think it's called Lake Winona is gorgeous. And so yeah. Grace College is near dear to my heart. And my, my part of my heart is at Grace College right now. My daughter <laughs> is there. So uh, anyway, welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. And I, I really, um, you are coming to Columbus as well. So let's, let's mention that at the beginning. You are coming to Columbus, correct? Newark on February the 5th. Is that right? Yes, I will be. I'll be in the area. 
um, coming to share and um, very excited to just be able to to share my story and again hopefully encourage um, people of all ages. I think that's one of the things that has been neat is um, I've traveled this country, I've spoken all over to so many different types of crowds, but what I love when I walk away after talking to the people that I meet and I get to talk to is just that, um, you know, as I share my story of just, you know, how I got to the Olympics, winning three gold medals, um, you know, just even, you know, my growing up time and, and what that looks like it's just that reminder that anybody can do um, probably more than they they think or imagine and so I will be in the area Newark sharing and I'm, I'm really excited so uh, just to tee that off Saturday February 5th uh, at 4 p.m. in Newark and I apologize I don't have the place it's on Facebook it will be in in uh, up the post I'll put the link so make sure everybody gets there but um, anyone listening to this, Saturday, February 5th at 4 p.m. One of the things that Lee and I talked about is we don't want to steal the thunder for the 5th. So um, that being said, I think we've set the stage. Can we go through, let's start at the beginning. Let's just tell your story and then um, possibly your softball journey, you know, college as well. And then obviously the Olympics is a massive deal. But um, anyone listening to this, let's start at the beginning. Let's tell your story. Yeah, I, I grew up in Southern California, I actually live here now as well, and I was the first born, and um, you know, my parents actually at the time were super involved in uh, ministry. I was actually born when they were, um, they were young house parents in their early 20s at a home with abused kids, and wow. um, there was an older woman who kind of ran the home, but they were the ones that were kind of the hands-on, and so I was born there, and for the first couple years of my life, um, I was there, and then I guess I was just very active, just very like riding my big wheel down huge hills, and um, <laughs> they got me into sports when I was like six years old, both softball and soccer. I was very aggressive. Um, you know, I just, I just loved it. The competitiveness in me was always there from the beginning. And they, I started taking pitching lessons when I was eight. Um, I just loved, I was a total tomboy. <laughs> I loved being outside, playing um, something. Again, there's always a competition involved. I had a younger sister that's a year younger and a brother that's six years younger. And, um, you know, really as I was, I got into softball, I, I both softball and soccer, but softball kind of quickly opened other doors. So I, I started, you know, playing travel ball, um, 14 years old when I went to my first nationals. And I think that kind of, you know, th that became our family vacations. Sporting families yes. get it, right? Yes. Everything is 100%. based around, right? right? Everything's right. based around that. And so, um, so yeah, so we just um, kind of grew up. Sports was our thing, and um, and and you know, eventually, obviously, like for me, the college scholarship was was what I was going for. Now, again, this is a long time ago, so we didn't have the visibility. Softball was not on TV. Um, you know, yeah. I'd hear from other coaches. Here's how you get recruited. Uh, my parents didn't have that connection, that background, so we were going a lot off of what other people were sharing. But when I got into high school, that became my goal was to get a college scholarship. Was faith, so it sounds like you grew up in, in church, in faith. Um, was that something that was always a part of your life, or did you take time to, you know, I know a lot of, I, I talked to Mark Price, not not a plug. Uh, I talked to Mark Price from the, the Cavaliers, and Mark grew up in a, in a, a home of, I grew up in a, a, a you know, a church family. Um, but I think each one of us have to take time and, and make it our own. Was that true for you as you grew up? You know, you said you grew up and your parents were uh, people of faith. Was that true for you as well? Or did you just always have that in your entire life? Or did you, was there a time where you just kind of had to figure it out for yourself? 
So they were serving, they were newly saved, had both given their lives to the Lord, went on a missions trip to Thailand, they had done all this stuff. And then they kind of got hurt by the church. And um, mm -hmm. when I was young, they we didn't really go anymore. And my mom always talked to me about it and just you know said, if you ask Jesus into your heart and you trust him as Lord, your, your Lord and Savior and recognize you're a sinner and needing um, you know, salvation by what he did on the cross, then when you die, you'll go to heaven. And of course, as a little girl, I wanted that. And so I, you know, I would pray sometimes, but we just, we really weren't plugged in. I didn't know the word of God. So I look back in about high school, I would say I thought I was a Christian. I would have said I was, I, you know, I, I believed I was, but I really feel like it's what I consider just American Christianity, which is not based on the gospel and what the Bible teaches. I was trying to be a good person. I was measuring myself right. to other people. Um, I, you know, had, I said a prayer. I believe in God, all of those things, but it wasn't until college, um, my, my junior year in college, when I had a teammate who impacted my life that showed me what it looked like. And therefore I was able to mm. see what I did not have. Wow. Yeah, and that's exactly what I was saying. I think there's so many of us that grew up in, in the church, as you said. We were there every time the doors were open or did not, either way. Um, but we, th we took on our parents' faith, and I think each one of us have to, at some point, you know, determine our own path, determine our own faith, and make it ours. Uh, you know what I mean? or Because, again, it's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. It's not our parents' relationship with Jesus Christ. So, anyway, completely different story, <laughs> completely different rant. But I, I, I'm interested in that because I, I, I do want to share a quote with you from someone uh, later. I, I want to share with you that that, uh, that was directly impacted by your faith. So I want to share that with you in a minute. So uh, back to college. So now you go off to college. Uh, you Why did you choose Arizona? Um, so I got recruited by a handful of schools, not too many. I A lot of the recruiting takes place at travel ball tournaments, and I was younger, right. and so I was kind of playing down like where they, back in the day, before they got <laughs> recruiting super young, um, they were actually with yeah. the older girls, like the, the girls that were juniors and seniors. And so um, I had, one of the assistant coaches at Arizona saw me, another coach from another team, from Arizona was like, you have to watch this girl. And um, I was a pitcher and a first baseman and number three hitter. And our team kind of surprised a lot of people and came back from the loser's bracket and won it all. And um, and so anyways, I got, I got recruited there. I, like I said, a couple other schools, Long Beach State was local. They were a very good program at the time. A number of my teammates were being recruited by them as well. But I took my first recruiting trip to Arizona and I just, fell in love with it. I did not know what, I, I didn't even know what college, you know, was like an atmosphere. Right. So I fell in love with everything about it, but I didn't know. I thought maybe every campus could be like this. So I took my second recruiting trip and just was like, it doesn't compare. I'm going to Arizona and the rest is history. I think the head coach, Mike Kendrea, who's like a dad to me, I love him. Um, I think he was a little surprised because <laughs> he wasn't the one who recruited me. And I just think when I got there, he probably thought, who is this girl? But I, it's been awesome to see kind of what transpired. It's amazing. And so I think you, you and I love that you mentioned Big Wheel because I just, I just love that, by the way. I didn't want to gloss over the fact that you mentioned a big wheel. The, the big wheel was the goat. Um, and it, but um, I think life has changed so much. I know, I know you have children. I have children as well. Um, 
you know, it's so different now, now with social media. And um, I think so many kids, and we could probably go on a whole conversation about how they choose colleges, why they choose colleges, all those things. It's so different now, as you mentioned. Um, but would you agree that I think it, it's it's a different time now for, for, for any young player that's listening today? Um, what's your best advice? It, it's different than when, when – I was an intramural champion. I didn't get recruited to play a sport in my college. Uh, but uh, that being said, I know, you know, going through it with my kids, I know it's different. When I was in college or when I was in high school, I don't remember, guys, you know, we didn't have social media. So people weren't putting up a four panel with, hey, I got, you know, visited this campus this weekend or this coach reached out to me. It's so different today for kids. Um, what What's your best advice for a young player uh, from a college perspective, what's your best advice for a young player? Yeah, it is way different than back, you know, when I was in high school. And I think my advice is to put the time in and do do the work and kind of keep your head down. I think one of the biggest things, I, I do think, obviously, social media and sharing. I think there's nothing wrong with that. I think, you know, obviously right. wanting parents to, to get involved. But I know um, with that, I think of the athlete I was and, like, I I – I don't even know, like sometimes I didn't think I was as good as I was. And I think how would I then be having to, you know, kind of play that rat race and put that always out there in a sense, selling myself. Um, and so right. I think just to be able to really, um, really focus in on what your gifts are. I, that is something I took away after my career. What are those gifts that you bring to the table? And then I think then that's kind of the things to elevate and to really focus on. We're all, we can work on our weaknesses. We always should, but that should never be our focus. We should not, you know, like sacrifice focus, focusing on our strengths to then go after our weaknesses and try to make them stronger. I think we all have different gifts and talents for a reason. Um, so I think for them, I think one of the biggest things and, and, also time management. I feel like all the time, would I have been as great of an athlete if I had the distraction that these athletes have? I don't know. Right. I, I think the right. challenge is truly, truly there. And for me, we didn't have those distractions. So I was able to just get the work in. And so prioritizing yes. time management, I still think the best of the best, that's what they do well. They are putting the time in, they're getting the reps, they're getting the work done. And then, therefore, it, it shows in play. Right. That laser focus of mm -hmm. this is my goal and nothing is going to strike me. As you said, we, we live in a world of distractions, TikTok and social media and all those. Other. I know myself, if I get on TikTok, you might as well just block out the next three or four hours. Yes, I'm, I'm me lost too. It. It's, it's so good. Um, it, it's not good, but it is good. Anyway, uh, did they have player rankings when you were in high school? No, they didn't. And here's the thing, like I even think back to college and right before the Women's College World Series at the beginning of it, they would name All-Americans. And I, I just think of the way like I responded, like I would be named an All-American. And then in my, the way I think of things, I was like, I got to go out this weekend and prove it, <laughs> prove I deserve it. I don't right. know. I always played really well. Right. So that must have worked for me. Um, yeah. But I don't know that if I was always looking at where I fell, if that would have like caused me to just overly think about that instead of the process, because that is something, the process is where it's all at. If we're constantly looking outcome, what is the results? What are they saying? I think we can really get short-sighted on the process and that's where the magic is made. Yeah. And I agree that I, there's a friend, not a friend, uh, someone I know or an acquaintance um, that is a college and now MLB coach. And he said it best, just be good. 
just be good. Like if you're good, they will find yes. you. Um, you know, I think, you know, so it, it was so simplistic and yet so true. Just be good. Um, that's the, the goal is whatever that means for you is whatever your ceiling is as an athlete, just be as the best athlete you can be. And you're going to end up where you're going to end up. Um, yes, for you, I, I agree with that. Correct. And it's so for you that ended up being multiple national championships at Arizona. Um, what was that like? I did, did you, did you anticipate when you walked on campus as a freshman that you would walk away with multiple championships? You know, I had no idea what to expect when I got there. In fact, I tell people a lot that first year I was a pitcher and we were scrimmaging in fall and one of our, she led the nation in home runs, so she's a pretty darn good hitter. Um, she hit one of the furthest balls in, in a scrimmage against me that I've ever seen. And I literally remember thinking, I don't know if I have what it takes to play at this level. And I think like I could have bailed out at that point, right? When it got hard right. and I would have missed out on all mm -hmm. that I, that I got to experience. And so um, with that being said, the standard was set from our co coach first, the athletes, the seniors on our team, Arizona had just come off winning their first ever national championship when they were not expected to two years prior. I just am a, a firm believer that it all came down to the way we prepared, not only mentally, especially physically every day. And our expectation level was set. Uh, that was our expectation. And there's most programs out there. That's not their expectation. You just asked me, like, did you did you expect to win that or think you would? Right. So right. Um, right. I learned so much from from the older athletes, the veterans, and then again, we trained. I think as hard as anybody out there, and then eventually, it, it all paid off. Wow. And so, um, and and I don't know the history. I apologize. I truly apologize. Um, you, when you went to the Olympics, you I assume you had graduated. So point? I was my first Olympics. Actually, I took off my senior year to I redshirted okay. so that I could go play. And so um, I took off that year was with Team USA. I was 21 years old. There were there, we had a high school senior on that team. She was a pitcher from Texas, wow. 18 years old. And then we had um, three of us in college and then everybody else was out of college. And so um that experience was just unbelievable as well at that age. I think like the, the entire tournament just happened and I did not even know. It just was so fast and I was young and, I, and I, I just remember by the second Olympics, I was like writing every single thing down because I thought, oh, I, I don't want to, I, I, I might not remember this. And it happened so fast. You train so long for this little period of time, which is everything, this culmination. We stood on the podium. I did not want to forget any, any aspect of it. And the three Olympics were where? Where was the first one? So my first one was Atlanta, Georgia in 1996. So softball oh, okay, yeah. in the Olympics for the first time ever there. That was pretty amazing. Awesome. And then yes. four years later, Sydney, Australia. And then four years after that, Athens, Greece. Athens, Greece. What, uh, this may not be a fair question. What was, the, what was your favorite of the three? They were all so different. I would say Sydney was my favorite probably overall. Well, first of all, that Olympics, we actually lost three games and almost went home without even yes. competing for a medal. But we ended yes. up coming back and, um, and we ended up, you know, being able to work our way back from fourth place in the medal round all the way to winning the gold. Um, but we got to hang out with our family by the Sydney Harbor. We, um, just the way the schedule was set up, we had, we didn't have that with the other tournaments where we actually were playing in the Olympics and hanging out with our families, you know? And so we got kind of that. Yeah. Athens, Greece, I would say, probably in another way was my favorite in the sense that 
I was actually the first mom on the Olympic softball team. And so I was That's playing awesome. out there as a mom. Um, my husband was in the stands in, in both the 2000 and 2004 Olympics. Um, and then just playing for Coach Candrea. And that Olympics, after losing three games the prior Olympics, we ended up going 9-0, and scoring 51 runs, and we only had one run scored against us. So actually on the field part, I would say wow. Athens. Wow. Wow. That's unbelievable. It's unbelievable because it's not like you were you were playing great competition in the. I mean that's that's amazing. That is absolutely amazing. So the question that uh, and I, I mentioned to you both offline uh, and online, uh, my executive director is Cami Pranel, who played at Ohio State. Shout out Cami. She wasn't able to join us today because she's actually doing hitting practice right now at Ohio State. But um, I asked her what she would ask you, and she said, "What was the first? What was the difference between your first Olympics?" in your last Olympics? What was the biggest difference for you? Oh, well, for sure, maturity. <laughs> the first Olympics, yeah. I just was excited to be there and, of course, wanting to win. But I just had so much to learn. I was a national champion. I was an All-American. You kind of feel like in college you're hitting just your peak, but, oh, my goodness, I had so much growth that needed to take place because nothing can replace experience. You know, you can have success, mm -hmm. but over time, the more experience you get under your belt, it just adds a whole nother level. And so for me, I would just say um, just wisdom, you know, in the game, my approach. And then obviously I went from being one of the young new players on the team to being a veteran leader. And, and that's what I wanted to pass on. We had all these amazing young athletes who had come into the, our program at the time, Jessica Mendoza, Jenny Finch, Natasha Watley, um, Kat Osterman. We had all these young athletes that were just these superstars, um, but they were young at the time, right? And so now it was my turn to, um, along with Lisa Fernandez, Lori Harrigan, Laura Berg, we were the four that were in all three Olympics um, at that time. And, you know, I was one of, one of the leaders. And so I think just, uh, I, I probably viewed it at that age as being a little more serious than I did when I was 21. Now I was 29. Um, I also yeah. knew, um, you know, that I was going to be retiring after that Olympics. I was a mom. I wanted more kids. So there was a lot more emotion that went into my third Olympics for sure. I went from just beginning and can't wait. And I want more of this to, wow, what a ride this has been. And I am so grateful this sport brought me more than I could ever fathom or imagine. God just literally blessed me beyond measure, the places he took me, and more importantly, the people that I met. I have gold medals, but it's the people that really are going to last, you know, the longest in my heart and in my mind. That's so awesome. And I was going to say, I, I have a feeling there's probably a different appreciation. I think you just said that basically in, in a much better way. Um, there was probably a different appreciation from the first one. It was probably shock and awe to the last one, which was just, uh, this is so, you know, soaking so much more in. Is that fair to say that you soaked maybe more in or probably both the same time? You, you soaked a lot in both times, but the third time it was just cherished. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think just that idea of the gratefulness more than ever to just be there and and just like you said, just take it all in. And, and I just will never forget us driving around prior to the tournament when we're doing just some different, you know, TV shots and going on, you know, some NBC stuff and seeing like the history that was there in Athens and then all these beautiful new stadiums that they had built for this Olympics specifically and just thinking, 
I just can't believe I get this opportunity to be in, in a place that has so much history with the Olympic Games, um, but then also I'm able to, to do something so amazing and represent my country on the field with my, some of my closest friends. Hey everyone, my name is Cami Pranel and I'm the Executive Director for My Unscripted. We hope you are enjoying today's interview. My Unscripted is dedicated to helping others find their voice, passion, and follow their dreams. Our team can help create websites, apps, YouTube channels, podcasts, media, and social content. Whatever your passion and vision, we can help. Our good friend Manny Ahomi of Samaritan's Feet once said, make sure your dreams and goals are big enough to create room for others to join you. We've created room for you to join us too. Find out more at myunscripted.com. Now let's join Aaron for the second half of today's interview. Um, I want to ask you one more thing, and then um, I want to ask you about your faith. So um, I know it's so different for baseball players because, you know, they all have dreams of the minors, majors, mm -hmm. moving on, and, you know, th there's there's a runway after graduation. Um, I always ask Cammie this because I, she was very skilled at Ohio State. Um, it's different. The runway for softball is different. There's not as many opportunities. So um, it sounds like as a senior you chose the Olympics. Um what, what's your advice for a player that's in college now? You know, they're just playing through their season and maybe they're having some success or they're not. But unlike baseball, there's not maybe another level that they could possibly play for. What's your best advice for that player, a softball player that's in a division, whatever, it doesn't matter, NAIA or D1, D2, D3, whatever it is. Um, what's your best advice for that player? Because there is a future. It's just not the minor leagues and possibly major leagues because of baseball. For softball, what's your best advice for that person? I, I think just the importance of kind of just not taking any day for granted. I mean, you think of injuries could take people out. Yeah. But like you said, if you don't have that plan afterwards, I think if you want to play, there are a couple avenues. There's not a lot. But I think, like, do everything right. in your power because I have seen some athletes, and it didn't matter what the level they played at, but you could tell the passion and their goal of getting to that next level afterwards. Like, they made a way. There are international opportunities. There are, you know, a couple pro leagues that we have in the United States. Um, but more than that, just, like, cherish cherish every moment with it because these, these experiences and lessons that you learn during this time – they stay with you for life. I still talk about these things and, you know, stories that have impacted me and helped me become who I am today and what I do. And, you know, I get to do some commentating and as an analyst with um, ESPN for regionals usually. And I do the Women's College World Series with Westwood One Radio. Um, and I watch these athletes living out these dreams. Those are the, you know, the few people that get to that last part of the season. And um, for me, I mean, those are some of my best memories to this day that I've experienced in my life. Life. And so um, it's really special. I just just don't take one day for granted and just leave everything out on the field because it goes fast and um, it's it's just a point a point in your life you're always going to remember. Oh, that's such good advice. Um, okay, I have to share this with you. I spoke to another softball friend of mine, uh, Haley Widener, who played at JMU, and she apparently at some point did a camp with you. Or she was an assistant at a camp that you worked. I don't. I, I apologize, Haley. I'm sorry if you're listening. Um, <laughs> but anyway, she walked away from that camp. Uh, doesn't remember what you spoke about the day, but remembers your faith and remembers the fact that you did speak about your faith and how it 
essentially she just she went on and on about your faith and how real it was in your life and how impactful it was for the campers that were at this event that you all did. Um, can we t- speak about your faith a little bit? Because I know it's so near and dear to your heart. Yeah, absolutely. It's my faith in Jesus is everything. <laughs> it's my foundation. It is who I am at the core. It's something that when I die, I don't want people to talk about my medals. I want them to talk about how much I love Jesus and that I lived for him. Um, and one of the reasons wow. that has just been my goal since I've been 22 years old is because my teammate at college at Arizona, she was only a freshman when I was a junior. She invited me to a Bible study through Athletes in Action. They had just come onto our campus and it was just her and a track athlete and our leader, Doug, and myself. And I walked in and that moment, just going and saying yes and walking into that Bible study, they opened God's word, they started reading it, and it was the very thing that God used to show me that I always said I was a Christian. I said I had a personal relationship because I heard that enough that that's what it took to get to heaven, but I didn't. If anybody asked me anything about it, I got defensive if someone said, would you go to heaven if you died? And I was like, of course, how could you even say that? Well, what a different reaction when I know I'm like celebrating, yes, like it's a different reaction because I'm not defensive. And I, that began my journey and my growth of saying yes, just in my heart that day of saying, God, I want to follow you. That was it. And the Holy Spirit, I, mm. I just, he came into my heart. Nothing like physically did I feel, but mentally the next morning I woke up with a different mindset of wanting to know more and certain things that I had done that the Bible calls sin that I didn't think were any big deal. I started having conviction that I had never had. And just slowly but surely, I just started yeah. growing and I learned that I wanted to play softball for God's glory, that he gave me this talent and that it's to give back to him. And I didn't have to measure up to other people because God said I was enough because he loves me and he created me and he wants me to be more Christ-like, but I'm not trying to reach the world standards of what that looks like. And so um, I it just changed me. Well, my teammate, Julie, so she... Two years younger than me in school, but older than me in the faith. She became my mentor. Um, I started growing, and I went to Olympics. She was my biggest fan. Well, my senior year of college, um, we won the national championship. I prayed for the first time ever out loud around home plate in Oklahoma City. She was the one who knew how like much that meant to me because I wanted to, but I didn't know how. She saw this growth process. Well, I got a call a month later when I was with Team USA that Julie had passed away in her sleep that she was 21 years old and she had had diabetes and she had had some complications with some medications kind of throughout her collegiate years and they kind of weren't getting a handle on that. And one night she went to sleep and she woke up face to face with Jesus. And my faith had never been more real than that moment that I went through that. I went to her funeral a couple days later with all my teammates and of course I'm crying and God, why would you take Julie out of like, she loved you so much and like you were everything to her and God just really put, first of all, this thought on my heart. She's not, she's not dead. She's more alive than she's ever been first and foremost. And two, Julie was ready to be with me. If it had been somebody else that doesn't know me yet, they would be separated for eternity in hell and I'm giving more people more more time. And I'll never forget that. And I sat at her funeral, and as they talked about Julie, if you loved her, it was Jesus in her that you loved. And I'll never forget. I was 22, and I I said, God, that's what I want. I want to live my life in a way that no matter where I go, no matter what I get to say or not say, 
that people know that I love you, Jesus, and that you are the one working through me, that you get the glory, that you, you know, are the one who, who has changed me. You're the one who gives me purpose. That was the biggest thing. My purpose in life just drastically changed. And so that has yeah. been what I've, you know, I got married, that I wanted God to be glorified in my marriage with raising three boys. And it's not easy. And, you know, they have been raised in the <laughs> church, knowing the word of God, reading it constantly, but they still have to choose on their own. It has to be their faith and not my faith. And so, um, so to this day, God has taken me around just the country, around the world, sharing about him along with everything else. And I just have to say this really quick. When I was retiring, you know, and I was like, okay, what's next, Lord? And with the Lord, it wasn't like this sad thing of like, I can't believe it now. What? It was like, Lord, you have something even better next. And um, I'll never forget God just putting this passion on my heart to speak. And I know it was from him because I was like, I can't. I can't. <laughs> I had every excuse in the book. And yeah. I'll just never forget he would not yeah. let it go. And so I and so I was like, okay, God, I will go where you send me. You have to open doors and the Holy Spirit has to, you know, speak through me. And oh my goodness, it has been the most amazing ride. There have been some really hard times. I believe sometimes when you want to share your faith, that's when the enemy wants to come against you the most. Um, but I would not trade no being in this battle for anything. Um, I cannot remain silent. I have to share because so many people need Jesus. They need to know love that is unconditional. They need to know that their life matters and they have value and purpose. And for me, it was just softball that after I won that gold medal, God was like, okay, now this platform is to go out and to use for my glory. Wow. I, I had no idea. I, I literally had no idea about your friend. And that is, uh, as, as someone who lost two friends in college, uh, and they were in the same car, um, again, immediately. And, um, you know, not knowing um, where they are today. Uh, I think, you know, I, I think we all pray, hope, um, believe that they're, you know, uh, that I'll see them again. Because I think that's the thing we all want to say. I, I get to see them again. Um, but I don't know for that for a fact and I think that was a turning point for myself was was all right you know leave no doubt uh, as they say leave no doubt mm -hmm. and so um I I didn't know that what a powerful story I was trying not to cry mm -hmm. <laughs> I do that a lot on by the way on the script that I I cry a lot on here and, and you almost you almost got me you almost <laughs> got me that was <laughs> I'm not gonna lie that was um what a powerful story and and the fact that um you know she one day you will see her yes. again. I do believe that, um, that we will see them again. You know, uh, those that we love that uh, were people of faith, we will see them again, and we will spend eternity praising the one that matters most. Um, yes. The friendship will probably be secondary at that point because we're going to spend our time uh, worshiping him. Yes. And um, what a powerful testimony that you have. And um, I'm so thankful that you'll be able to share that with people um, and, and that you are sharing it with people, not just here, but everywhere you go. What, a, what an incredible platform that God gave you um, and an incredible testimony that he gave you for that platform. It's an awesome. Um, wow. I'm, I'm blown away. Now I know why Haley said that <laughs> because uh, everything else we've talked about, that's uh, your faith. Your faith just is so real. It's so, it, it is uh, very apparent in you and your testimony. Thank you so much for sharing that. Well, thank you. Yeah, I 
Um, I, I think I, that's my heart and passion has been not only to, you know, encourage people of all ages to know Jesus and to draw close to him and recognize like, you know, who he is and who they are in Christ, but then to be bold and share it because literally my friend just invited me to a Bible study. That was it. And God just grabbed a hold of my heart, but she showed me what it looked like first. So therefore I wanted to say yes. She lived it out. She was bold and passionate. You don't see that a lot of times with 19-year-olds, 20-year-olds. She was like, I know who I am. I know who God is, and I want all the people to know this. And so, um, so yeah, thank yeah. you for also using your platform as well. Because at the end of the day, the, you know, the gold, I do have my gold medals right here. Like, they're going to you know, like get scratched up, it's gold plated. So there's silver so underneath. And so they're a little dinged and dented. Um, but, you know, my faith will be there forever and I will get to walk on streets of gold one day. <laughs> so I tell people there's gold right. coming for all of us that love Jesus. Oh, gosh, that's so good. So what is next for you? I know besides Newark, you're coming to Newark, you're going to Grace, you have to give, I have to connect you with Emma. No, I just yes. have, I got to give, have her give you a hug for me, bi-directional, <laughs> just a big old hug, thanking you for being on. And, and I'd love you to meet my princess 1.0, uh, princess 2.0 is here in Columbus, but, uh, <laughs> I'd love for you to meet her. But all right. That being said, what's ne- what, so what's, what's now the career path for you? I know, I know you have a website, so what is the website? Let's start there. What's the website? Yes. It's leahamico.com. So L E A H A M I C O.com. And yes, I've kind of, um, I've, I just, this year is the first year in 14 years that I'm not homeschooling. I was a homeschooling mom. Mm. I have three boys right now. Their ages are 14, 16, and 20. And when my oldest was in first grade, I brought him home and it, I've just been doing it ever since. But now my youngest just went to high school as a freshman, um, wants to play all the high school sports. My 16-year-old is a football player. And so um, I feel like I have all this extra time on my hands that I have not had in so long. So I, through the years, have done a little bit of commentating. I wrote two um, books. One is a softball devotional called Softball Glory and God's Story. And another one I wrote last year, okay. and it's called Victorious, a year-long devotional. And it's they're both on Amazon. Um, and And so I, um, you know, I've done those things. I've spoken. I do softball clinics still. um, But I really am just trying to kind of get more geared towards um, really sharing the gold standard, which is something new that I have spoken a lot of places, but I think I'm more clarified on kind of what message I want to bring, no matter what the audiences are. And um, the acronym, so I'll share a little bit when I am in Newark, but the acronym for it, gold has, um, each letter has a meaning. So G is goals, because even with God, like what are God, what's the, the plans he's put on your heart? What are the desires? What are the passions, the goals? What goals are we setting? O stands for overcoming obstacles and turning them into opportunities because I believe everything we go through that's hard, God doesn't waste any of it. And I really believe that it can teach us and grow us and strengthen us. And when we come out on the other side of trials, we're usually better than we were before we entered them. Um, L is the leadership piece. I think mentoring and who we follow and who we learn from is crucial. And then I really believe we should pass that along and become the leaders as well. And Mm. then D is for discipline. And 
just the dedication and the drive that you have and the sacrifice you're willing to make, kind of that action piece to all of that. I feel like when I look back at my career, not only winning one gold medal, not only winning one national championship, but be able being able to win three national championships, three Olympic gold medals, it was the continuation. It wasn't reaching a point and then, okay, now I've arrived. It was, I've got a gold medal, I can get better. I have a second gold medal, I can still get wow. better. <laughs> and it's that idea of wow. continuing right. to just grow and learn and use what you've learned to reach even another level. Wow, I love it. I love it. And, and this has been so good. Uh, I think we can hear more Saturday, February 5th at 4 p.m. in Newark. Uh, again, I'll have the link, and I apologize. I don't know exactly where it is right off the top of my head. Um, but we will, I'm sure Tony, uh, our friend Tony Huff, will be sharing this on all his platforms as well. Um, the website is liamico.com. And there's, I didn't know you had two books, so that's even better. Yes. So please, if you're listening to this, if you're a coach, uh, a, a parent of a player, a player, go check those out. Please uh, support, you know, just support Leah. Um, again, it's far beyond, and I know you, it's because both of them are faith-based, um, so much more than gold medals, um, so much more than what will happen between the lines. Uh, it's, it's really eternal what, what, uh, what you're now focused on, and that's so awesome. Um, I hope to be there um, February 5th in Newark. I would love to myself say thank you uh, in person, but I'm going to make sure that Emma sees you at Grace <laughs> College uh, before that too so yes well hopefully, you all. hopefully um, any, she'll talk me yes. up and then you can you know you're like okay i have to go in person a hundred percent i i will send all this stuff to her and make her share it with all her friends <laughs> and make sure there's a nice crowd for you that night uh, it's one i'm telling you it's a gorgeous campus you're gonna love it there uh it's very special didn't know when i wore the hat that, that <laughs> we would even be having that conversation so it's one of those God things. Um, anything else before we close out? Thank you so much for everything. Is there anything else you want to share? No, I just think that the times we're living in, like just to, you know, really be solid on the, in the word, right. And who God says we are and mm -hmm. just knowing his promises. That's something that right. just encourages me so much when I look around me and I think, Oh, everything's falling apart around us. I have peace inside. Right. But I think when I read the word of just God's promises are eternal he sees what's going on. He knows. So I just encourage people, get in your word. Um, it is it is the, the foundation, the anchor that we need um, to really just continue on um, and be in the light in, this, in these times. The, the people who have hope and who have love and encouragement for everyone else that doesn't know and are looking and searching for those answers. Oh, awesome. You just dropped the mic. <laughs> That's the best way to finish. Uh, no, thank you so much. It's been wonderful. It's been an honor, honestly, to spend time with you. And uh, I do hope that I can can meet you in person. Uh, fit, I'm sorry, Saturday, February 5th, uh, 7 o'clock in Newark. Um, I know Emma's going to get to meet you in person, which is very special to me as my, my Princess 1.0 gets to meet you. Uh, thank you so much for your time. It, it's been wonderful. It's been a true honor for me. And uh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Unscripted Podcast with your host, Aaron Conrad, from his studio at the Junction in Old Hilliard. Make sure to like, share, follow, and review on your favorite podcast platforms. Also, make sure to check out my song, Great and Mighty One, on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you find your music. 
We'll see you next time on Unscripted with Aaron Conrad. 